I was actually yeah. hoping we'd see some more of the cooks because I used to work in a lot of <laughs> restaurants growing up and the cooks are always like these degenerates. And I wanted to see them, you know, throw a little bit more comedy around like the way that they did when they called them out. They should have been on top of the mountain, like Mountain Dew, like, and, like smoking so weed. Hard. And, yeah. Like, so hard. <laughs> yeah. Just like glowing clouds. Like yeah. a bang and what like a like a. 16 ounce bang in one hand. Is that and is that what you imagine degenerates do? <laughs> I don't know. Drink no, bang for sure. energy. <laughs> Candy cigarettes. Keep, chocolate they gotta cigars. stay up late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They know. stay up late and they don't listen to their parents and and they ghost girls. They could have had a ghost girls like I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. ghost this girl so hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After missed opportunity, you know. Happy New Year, Real Critics. How about that intro music, huh? As always, I am Jose Garcia Chow here with my co-host, John Wolf, and you're listening to Everyone's a Real Critic. Y'all already know what it is here at EARC. We take a look at movies that have a 20% difference between the audience and the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes. We give you the real critics thoughts on the movies. We break down the critic scores and the audience scores, and we wrap it up with our overall score of the movie. You guys already know that we like to keep it fun and light because at the end of the day, It doesn't really matter. Everyone's a real critic. So without further ado, John, my friend, my brother, my homie, let the people know what we're talking about this time. What's going on, Jose? Good to see you. Happy 2022. We spent some time together over the holidays. Always a wonderful time seeing you. Magical time, honestly. So it's uh, it's our 10th episode. We're in double digits. We did it. We didn't quit. That's right. We did it. We're still going. And uh, we're going to catch our stride. I think this is it. I think today is the one. So uh, I think we'll hit our stride on the 46th episode. You know, that's when we'll really find our voice. I like that. I like that. (laughs) A little teaser for what we're going to get into today. Ghostbusters Afterlife. That's our movie. But don't worry. This is not like a Twilight situation. We're not going to go through every single Ghostbusters movie to watch it because they're all pretty good. That's right. No Twilight, no vampires, no werewolves. Just ghosts for this episode. But before we get into our in-depth Ghostbusters discussion, to celebrate our 10th episode and to ring in the new year, we have our very first guest ever to the show, the creator of that wonderful new theme song you just heard from the sick disco pop project Neon Nightclub, and most importantly, our resident Ghostbusters connoisseur, Nick Sarasti is with us today. What's up, Sarasti? What's up, y'all? It's uh, it's good to be here. First of all, I want to say uh, congratulations on the pod. Tenth uh, episode. Thank you, sir. Um, when I first saw Jose on your Instagram when you were mentioning that you guys were going to do this, starting with Twilight, and just the whole concept of it at all, I thought it's brilliant. I've listened to many episodes now. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like when I try to get people to listen to my music, it's like, it's only asking your friends to do it. So you're like, are you giving me an honest opinion? But honestly, I I'm laughing at your stuff. I'm chuckling in the car while I'm driving to drop the kids off at school. You guys are on to something good. Oh that man. Means, that means a lot. Yeah. That means a lot. We're stoked to have you here, dude. And uh, as we said, you're a huge Ghostbusters fan, but before we get into Ghostbusters afterlife, uh, we're going to talk about what we're watching on the streams, you know, like Morgan and Morgan here at EARC Pod, we're for the people. 
because we understand what it's like to boot up that streaming app and just be bombarded by that endless screen of thumbnails. It can be overwhelming. It can be stressful. So today, the three of us are here to help. Sarasi, do you want to start us off? Do you want to do us the honors? Uh, what have you been watching lately? Yeah, so I will say I'm a little bit um, with this question because I have two kids who are under two years old now and a daughter mm-hmm. in middle school. It's hard for me to find time to watch a bunch of stuff. Um, so is it so just when, puppy patrol at your house? Paw it's patrol. a lot of that. It's it's, Paw it's patrol, Coco. Sorry. Yeah, whatever. It who knows? <laughs> it's a uh, it's a lot of Coco on repeat. You know, maybe thirty eight million times. It's it's a good one. Oh, by fun. The, you know, it's you got to uh, switch it up. You got to turn Encanto on. You know, we did that. We did that for our Colombian roots. We've been watching that too. Um, yeah, that Bruno daughter, song. Yeah, it's so they're good. Great. They're great. <laughs> um, but. My daughter and I do keep up on the Marvel stuff. So we did just finish Hawkeye. So that's probably the only any of the Marvel stuff, whether it's been like Loki, Hawkeye, uh, WandaVision, we keep up with those just because it's a little bit easier, like because they only release one episode a week. Um, yeah. And so out of any TV within the past couple of years, that's the only like series that I keep up on. So we finished Hawkeye. I was I was down to see uh, Kingpin again from Daredevil. That was um, so exciting. Oh, that was so exciting. Sorry, I don't know about spoiler alerts on this stuff. You're not covering TV shows, so I guess it doesn't matter. No, I mean, yeah. I think it's already out there. If you're on the yeah, internet, yeah. sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Hawkeye was great. Yeah, Hawkeye was great. I loved it. I thought Haley Steinfeld and Jeremy Renner oh, were yeah. great together, dude. I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. What about you, John? Have you been watching anything? Always. I actually have been watching a lot of stuff. Did want to mention Sarasi. Great to have you on. And uh, those were very kind words because it reminds me a lot of Paul Rudd, which we'll get into. Mr. Gruberson, you were sort of our Mr. Gruberson oh, yeah. back in the day. Just That's right. Letting us fly. You know, you had your right? own thing. You were doing your own stuff, but you were you were our seismologist getting us to you, just explore. We probably... We probably have you to thank for some of this, too, for doing a movie pod, because I remember we were in video production with yeah. you um, for the audience. Like, Sarasi was our teacher when we were in high school. <laughs> and I remember one day you showed us The Room, the Tommy uh, oh, yeah, yeah. was so movie, and yeah. it yeah. blew my mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I was surprised. I guess, I guess we were sharing certain stuff. And I, I guess mm-hmm. I guess at that time it would have been like 2011, 2010. Yeah. And a friend yeah. had just shown me that and either, you know, I just I bought the DVD myself. And I kept watching and I can't believe this thing existed. And now, oh. you know, what was it in 2018 when uh, the disaster artist came out with James Franco and the whole That's thing? Right. I was like, wow. It became a real thing. And it's just like it, it blew up. Yeah. And it's uh, it's easy, easily the funniest movie. One of the fun, probably top three ever. So I'm glad <laughs> yeah. to have uh imparted at least that wisdom on you but you guys were seniors i didn't have much to teach you guys were you had this chemistry to begin with and in video production it's just like i i was you know what i would have been 25 i was only like seven years older than you guys i was like yeah let it ride you do you do you (laughs) john did you want to say anything else for what you've been watching i know we went on a little tangent there yeah i mean i got a couple uh to stick with the marvel thing we saw no way home we actually saw that together jose yes we did unbelievable so good yeah I have you seen it yet sir Asti? oh yeah remember i was telling you i, I saw it opening night the 17th december oh, 17th wow. when it came out. oh my god yeah dude uh, i was uh was the crowd crazy oh it was perfect it was perfect 
the the crowd can make a break make or break a movie sometimes especially yeah. on first mm-hmm. impression but and i didn't i didn't think uh after endgame obviously marvel could ever reach those heights like i thought the tv shows would be solid and the movies would be solid i didn't think they could reach those heights but no way home like we everyone was crying and cheering and all the right oh yeah spots. i was just like perfect i i cried like a baby like oh, yeah. those those movies make me feel like a kid again um there's something about it and you know I think this will actually it's kind of goes into what I was going to talk about for my movie is that like Marvel has this way of of I don't know what it is. It's like some sort of sequel machine and they can just continue to pluck at your heartstrings. Um, The movie I was going to talk about this week that I saw on HBO Max was Matrix Resurrections. And yeah, I have a lot to say about this movie. Not as much positive stuff (laughs) like uh, that we have to say about Spider-Man No Way Home. And I'll try to remain spoiler free, though, because even though it's messy and clunky and weird, I think it's worth checking out because it is one of these weird like reboot sequels. I've heard it called a Lego sequel. Do you guys know what that is? Is that it's just like. like over time like, like a yeah, legacy after a long time. yeah yeah it's like a it's Probably a movie a lot, sequel a like that afterlife. works like as a re- exactly so afterlife yeah. is a perfect example it's like a reboot that uh is a part of a popular franchise that already exists um the first time i heard it was at jeff canada at the film cast you guys should check out that podcast if you're a big movie buff but um i will say that that movie is not what a matrix fan is probably looking for but i would say that the first act is worth it i think it's so much fun i was trying to figure out what was going on the whole time and it's just like just some of those nostalgia rich member berries baby you know but (laughs) (laughs) but then it devolves into like a cliche story and kind of abandons all of the thought-provoking ideas that it is presenting for like a more simplistic tone and the action kind of sucks in comparison to the originals but Overall, I think it's a fun movie. Uh, I think people should watch it. What, did you guys watch it? You're not selling me on that. Oh, <laughs> dude, I think I, you should check it out and then you pooped on it. <laughs> I think you should check it out because it's like it's it has like a meta narrative. Oh, yeah. In the first the act first alone, act. it's talking about like the cultural impact of the original trilogy. And I think that enough that is enough for you for anybody who's a Matrix fan to check out. But yeah. you might not leave fully satisfied. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh... Yeah, it's a cool exercise in what um, and a difference of what some of those, like you said, the legacy sequels are doing. The fact mm-hmm. that it's being so different. Um, maybe it doesn't hit every mark that it should. Kind of like how No Way Home, it seems perfect to hit every mark and also make something new. But it, at least worth uh, some of the attempts they made at being a little bit different. Let's you know? intro today's movies. Also a legacy sequel full of those delicious member berries. Ghostbusters Afterlife. The synopsis that's online, when a single mother and her two children move to a new town, they soon discover they have a connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. It's pretty accurate, I would say. Um, Shocking, though, a 62% on the tomato meter. So, like, critics gave this a 62%. Audience gave this a 95%. And I think what's even crazier about this movie, Afterlife, I'll say it now so we can set the precedent. The 2016 version of Ghostbusters uh, received a 
uh, from critics. And I think like a 49% from audience. So just keep that in the back of your head, you know, in the back of your mind as we get further on later, later to go. So the movie was directed by uh, Jason Reitman, who's the son of Ivan Reitman, who worked on the original Ghostbusters, directed the originals, also did a bunch of different stuff. This dude is everywhere. Uh, Space Jam, both Space Jams. He did I Love You Man, Disturbia, Old School, The National Lampoon's Animal House. This man knows how to make a movie. And Papa so Reitman's got, got Kindergarten a good, uh, Cop. Kindergarten Ooh. Cop. Ooh. <laughs> with, our, with our favorite Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. He also did Twins. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, this guy's yeah. hilarious. I didn't write that so down. He, he's worked that. on some like super influential comedies. Stripes. Maybe. Yeah. Stripes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You should look up his list. If you haven't, yeah. like, if you don't know who this person is, Google him. Before we jump into this, Sarasi, you are the only person that I've ever come across that has this deeply rooted love for Ghostbusters. I remember this all the time. You always were talking about it, even when the movies were 20 years old. You're still talking about it. They're nearly 30, yeah. maybe 40. 40, 1984. Almost 40 years old. Almost 40, yeah. 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 So like, where where did that come from? Where, where does that history come from for you? Yeah, so... Like my earliest memories, so I was born in 84. So when the movie comes out, right? So obviously I have no recollection of that. But some of my earliest memories, I can literally remember being like, I don't know if it was like a bookshop or a, a video shop or like a mix of the two. It would have been the 80s. Maybe they had, you know, all, whatever, like a Barnes and Noble of, of that time. And I can remember just seeing that logo, right? On a VHS box and maybe asking my dad or someone to buy it for me and then just having that. But during that time too, is when all the cartoons were coming out, the real Ghostbusters cartoons. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so all during that time, that's, you know, for a kid my age, like growing up with that, I was probably growing up more with the cartoons than I was with the movie. Although eventually I was popping in the movie all the time and watching that. Uh, so I had, you know, all the toys, all the, all the um, you know, on Nintendo, they had video games and stuff on yeah. you know, old Segas and stuff. So everything from my childhood, that was my thing, like running around with the proton pack and all that. Oh, did you I make love, your own? Isn't it? Did you make your that? own proton pack? Did oh, no, no. Own? They, no, they, I, I have one now, which yeah. I'm not upstairs in my like studio room, which I wish I could have been, which has all my memorabilia behind me and the Lego Ghostbusters house and a real proton pack and all that. But like I said, we have two kids under two who are probably crying themselves to sleep <laughs> at the moment. So in order for the audio clarity of the podcast, I'm downstairs. Sarasi, um, do you ever think about when you're going to show your kids the Ghostbusters? Oh, so my two-year-old son, at some of my wife's chagrin, um, I've shown him some of the cartoons. And as I've been watching them, as I've no, probably known before, like it's a great show. Like it's even for its time, you know, sometimes you revisit like even, um, you know, some of the older stuff that are, that you watch as a kid cartoons and like, you're like, uh, whatever, but yeah. this like, I don't want to be biased to obviously I'm extremely biased, but <laughs> it, it, it holds up. Like it, it's some of it's super scary. Some of the plot lines are really well written. Like, you know, every yeah. episode isn't just about like busting a ghost. Sometimes they're helping a ghost like reconcile with something. So like, I think the art put into that, um, into the cartoon was really well thought out. So yeah, he's seen some of it when the new movie dropped, there's some uh, toys that came out. So he has a little Ecto that he drives around. Oh, that's and, awesome. You're, oh, you're imparting cool. your Ghostbusters yeah. love to your kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that like the Ghostbusters has this legacy, you know, that 
a lot of people grew up loving, but I just recently rewatched the original and it's a pretty adult film. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing watching it over and over as a kid, obviously, you, you know, as an eight year old, nine year old, you probably don't know that Dan Aykroyd's getting a blowjob from a ghost. (laughs) Exactly. Is that what that was? Yeah. (laughs) So like you're watching as a kid, you love Slimer, you love the proton packs, you love Stay Puff Uh at the end. But as an adult, you're realizing one, um, how serious some of the parts are, which like if it, we may get to it down the line, comparing it to 2016, um, which is where I think they messed up. Like some of the, the stakes are real in that in in, in Ghostbusters. Um, the comedy, you know, some of the jokes are over your head as an eight year old. Oh, but- Bill Murray is throwing yeah. jokes left and yeah. right. Like his dialogue. There's one scene in the original where he when they f- go to first catch that ghost at the hotel. And he sees the table and he goes, I've always wanted to do this. Right. And yeah. he pulls the, the, the table mat off. Yeah. It cuts away from him. And you hear him say, like, he's off screen. And you hear him say, and the flowers are still standing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the yeah. joke is almost throw away, but it's yeah. so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. And so as an adult, like you, you watch that movie and you, you realize as, as much movies as, as I've seen and, you know, as I've enjoyed and it just further solidifies why I think it's like one of the best movies ever made. One of my most favorite, you know, pieces of pop culture. So mm-hmm. I guess um, it, yeah, it definitely whole, has, it has true legacy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, I think comparing it, if, you know, as we look at it, you know, if it was just marshmallow man, if it was just proton packs, if it was just traps and ecto one, like there's plenty of movies that have cool bells and whistles like that. The people, mm-hmm. the, the reason people revisit it is like, how funny it is the journey between these four guys these friends like building this thing and like you just want to be on that ride with them every single time and you're like i'll watch whatever you guys are in just hanging out like even if it's just yeah like, them chilling in the firehouse like i would watch that over and over again so that's where i think it has like you know the true uh test of time for sure i couldn't agree more and you get um, a glimpse of it later in this movie but you mentioned so the first one 2016 and this one, what, like, before you went to go see this movie, I'm assuming in theaters, what were your thoughts going in? Like, so this you were is, walking in the door, you have your yeah. Coca-Cola ice pop, your icy, yeah. your tub of popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking? A Twinkie. So, there's probably a Twinkie in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So um, this is, so in, um, I guess it would have been 2019, the 35th anniversary, um, Ghostbusters, they had like their own version of Comic-Con that was just Ghostbusters fans that my daughter and I went out to in California on the Sony movie studio lot. So it was like Ghostbusters day, like a whole weekend. Like I was like, I've never been to a con. So this was my first. I'm like, this is my thing. Of course, I have to go. Uh Can't miss it. So that's I think I guess in January of that year, um, it had been announced that Jason Reitman was doing a a sequel to the original. So I was like after 2016, I was like, I I don't know if they're going to make another one. I don't know if we're ever going to get anything, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when that came out, I was shocked. And so for when we went to that, um, to that, uh, it was Ghostbusters fan fest. Um, Jason Reitman was there and they kind of were putting out little nuggets about the new one coming out. Um, They were going to start filming that summer. Oh, and, and who so better said, to do it than the son of the guy who did yeah. the first one? Who said who said he would never touch it? Who said when he started was making Juno and doing all his independent movies, like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. touch that. It's too big. 
It's, you know, it's my dad's thing. I'm never going to touch it. So for that to happen, everybody kind of knew, you know, within the fandom and even online, like people knew he had to have a good idea to want to do it um, because everything was telling him not to do it. So all that, all that to say, like, I'm coming into this movie, thinking about this movie nonstop, you know, with all the delays of COVID, you know, um, it's my wife will attest to this. Like I told her, like I would have dreams about the movie. Like that's how corny (laughs) and like how, like I would wake up and be like, I think this is how this movie's going to go. Or I hope it's like, Oh God, I love it. (laughs) So no, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Like I would dream about this movie. Um, and so you I had all these limit. theories. Do you want to share some yeah. of them? Yeah. What was the like? What was the most ridiculous one? Not really theories. Just more like I want to see these guys on an adventure, and I want to see like how they tie it all in to get together. So, so Ooh. for me, when there's yeah. So you thought that it was good. They were going to bring back the four actors, and it was going to be their movie. Like, was that what well, you were hoping for? Well, obviously Harold Ramis had passed away, so I knew he mm-hmm. couldn't. Obviously, so I, I mean, I guess. I guess my thoughts going into it, I try to with movies that I'm super excited about. I try to limit myself on Reddit, try to limit myself on um, of course. any trailers like past the first or second one, like international trailers are showing stuff too much. So I try to limit myself. Mm-hmm. So going into the movie, I'm like, there's a lot going on in my mind, but I'm just like ready for it. Right. With all the, the COVID delays and all that. And so You're just with, the, with arms wide open. Yeah. So when the title <laughs> card hits, I'm like, and the in the themes are coming on and like it's some of the original stuff and it just yeah i was just oh yeah so let's go. let's start talking yeah. about it we're gonna then break it down act it. by act a little bit you know yeah. we're gonna talk about some of the characters and the key moments and normally we try to talk about plot pace engagement etc but you know we don't really stick sometimes we just end up just just breaking off into tangents and yeah. and ranting so we'll see where we you, go you, Act one, it's present day. It's been 25 years since the Manhattan ghost attack of 1984. And we open on Spangler fighting a huge paranormal force on an old dirt farm in Oklahoma that eventually ends with him, you know, having suffering a heart attack in his uh, in, in the in the chair. How are you feeling during this cold open? Because I personally thought it was so cleverly shot and that it was like a faceless Spangler. I, I was like, wow, Raitman immediately hooks us with this and already is giving Spangler credit, even though Ramis, you know, posthumously giving uh, Ramis some some time to shine. Yeah. So, John, what, what do you think? Like you, you've seen this. So what do you think? Like you're not as tied to it. So what's your thoughts on that? That's opening? a good point. So we kind of we didn't do this on purpose. I've seen all of the Ghostbusters movies many times, but I knew that you were an expert and had seen them hundreds of times. So I watched this one and then I knew Jose was going to go back and watch the first one. So I was going to come in it from more of just this movie. And unfortunately I can't stop thinking about the 2016 movie because we watched it recently. But (laughs) when this one opened, I was super pumped because it was a little darker. It was a little more grit to it. And of course seeing Spangler, I was like, okay, so we're committed to something here like we're going to get somewhere with this story because i'm assuming he dies because he, he passed away in real life so yeah um and then just seeing how dark it was like showing death in not a kid's movie but something that is targeted as you said sarasi being a kid watching these movies i was pretty excited to see that big change yeah like i was um thinking about just like literally the opening shot after you know the the credits roll like 
it's this mountain, right? Or this, uh, like abandoned Canyon or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And you see like a paranormal cloud above it. And he's literally shooting like the proton beam into yeah. it. Like you hear the sound. It's like this beautiful shot. Like he's like, I'm going to do this shit by myself. Like I'm yeah. Like it's badass. Obviously, <laughs> it's, it's bad. He's by himself. And he's like running away with like, you know, Zool in the, in the, in the trap. So he's just like, yeah, it just sets the stakes really well. Ooh, so you already knew it was Zool from the very first shot? Oh, no, 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 no. Retroactively now, because once you figure out what the kids try to do um, to lure him to the to the to the farm, lure Gozer to the farm. um, Yeah. Yeah. Retroactively. But either way, just like you can tell because of the music, because like the way it's shot, the whole pace of it, it just sets the tone really, really Mm -hmm. well. I, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I was immediately hooked. I'm like, this is what a cold open is supposed to do, you know, like just throw us into the action and, and hook us immediately and then cut away. And then we meet our, our, our new heroes, you know, it's uh, Carrie Spangler's daughter, uh, Phoebe and Trevor, they're facing eviction and they learn of the passing of their father slash grandfather respectively. And they're giving him, given his house as inheritance. So they decide to come check it out and they learn that he's known as the crazy dirt farmer. How, how are you feeling about the way that they're setting these characters up immediately, guys? Well, we're not given really any information about them, which is fine. Um, but it does seem that uh, Carrie, the mom. Uh, Callie. Callie. Oh, Callie. Oh, Carrie, sorry. Uh, Carrie's her. Carrie's oh, her that's her real name. Yeah. Carrie Coon. Carrie Coon. Yeah. Excuse yeah. us. No, it's, my it's, bad. Sorry. That's Callie. what I'm here. That's what I'm here for to, to fix your Ghostbusters. <laughs> that's why we. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have the expert on today. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, I thought it was a good job just showing characters and pinning them like, you know, Cali, financial trouble. They're totally cool with it. Like, all right, whatever. Like, this is not new to us. Like, we'll just roll with whatever, mom. Like, we're resilient. And then I really liked Phoebe from the get-go. Just like her trying to nail jokes was hilarious yeah. to me. Yeah. Just like, okay, you don't fit in your carbon copy of your grandpa. She looks so much like Spengler. It's amazing. Like it, 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 there was no doubt in my mind. This was Spengler's granddaughter, you know? And, and I will say like, I thought it was super efficient the way that they set her up. Like the first moment we see her, she's like messing around with a bunch of doodads doing her science thing, you know? Yeah. And Trevor's like holding a phone, watching car videos. So like we're us, the audience immediately knows what these two kids are into, you know? So yeah. the movie's doing a good job already of setting up and ho- and eventually we learn they actually pay it off, you know? So it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so in. Yeah. I was yeah. hoping that as a teenager, I was not as annoying as Trevor. Cause man, that guy, he sucked <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah. He doesn't, I think some of the, and I hope this doesn't happen even like with Phoebe's character and podcast, which we'll get to eventually like the cuteness of it, like eventually like the, the stranger things, um, cuteness mm-hmm. of, uh, Finn Wolfhard, it wears off eventually. And you see how good or bad, like, do they make it as an actor or as a, you know, and he's not the worst, but yeah, you can see the seams there because, you know, stranger things season one and two, it's like, these guys are so cute. They're doing so good. They're so like, little. They're yeah. So little, you kind of grade them on a curve. Right. But when they yeah. get a little bit older, you're like, okay, you were only cute for a little bit. But yeah, he's not I'm terrible. Like this, but yeah, that's a man. He's turning into yeah. a little. He's, yeah. he's a little man at this point. <laughs> Speaking of Trevor, he then tries to impress the dinner hostess, Lucky, who is also one of the protagonists of the film. 
while at the same time, Phoebe goes to summer school and she meets uh, teacher and seismologist Gary Gruberson, Paul Rudd, and makes a new friend called Podcast, which is great because that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love podcasts. I love podcasts. He was so good. <laughs> yeah. what, yeah. do, do you remember the, the diner scene with uh, Trevor? I was just cringing the whole time watching that. I, could, I, I had a tough yeah. time. When he's by himself in certain scenes, like even there was a part during that scene where I'm like, the kids who are like behind him, the workers there, the teenagers there, like working the fryers are like funnier uh-huh. and more comfortable than he is. And yeah. like he's one of the main characters in the movie. So, yeah, I don't know what it is. He's just seems a little <laughs> bit off in the movie. He doesn't derail it at all. But there are some like weird things you're like, eh. yeah, I agree. And I and this may be getting ahead of ourselves, but the movie doesn't really give him a lot to do. Yeah. You know, his his B plot is kind of thin. Um, yeah. But that's not to say the movie fails at all, because. I think Phoebe and podcast carry it very well. well yeah, you know? once, um, yeah, once, yeah, uh, once, like you're saying, when podcasts hit the screen, like, and from obviously from me knowing, like, he, this is his first real movie podcast. Um, he had never done anything before. I guess in some of the press junkets, he mentioned that he was in like a FedEx training video was his only <laughs> ever, like, not even like a commercial, like for the in in like. Like for employees, the, yeah, for employees within the company. That was his first like real work. So Ghostbusters Afterlife was like his first major big thing ever. And so dude, I, that kid was a pro. Insane. It was on point. It was. Yeah. Every time those two were together, Phoebe and podcast, I was like, that's when the movie's soaring. Yeah. Is when and, those two are together. And that's And that's the thing about the first act that I think, you know, we, we're following these two kids and um, they're slowly learning about the legacy of Ghostbusters with Paul Rudd's character. And the movie does like this almost Steven Spielberg thing where it just it's like creating this wonderment. I don't know about yeah. you guys, but I felt like just a sense of wonder. And, and I was smi- I was smiling yeah. the whole time. Um, yeah. I think that's where this movie really shines. And I wasn't expecting it from a Ghostbusters movie because the 2016 one went a completely different direction. Yeah. So this was like super refreshing. Yeah, there was places here like where the movie breathed, um, where you could, you know, feel the stakes, you could feel the tension. Just my one drop in, I would say about 2016 and that you already mentioned on the podcast before when you guys um, talked about that film. Um is that every character in that movie is trying to get a joke in. Yeah. So mm-hmm. from the, from the teacher or from the, um, the Dean of the school that kicks them out to the mayor of New York, to the guy who runs the mansion in 2016, every single character is trying to get a joke in. And so that yeah. doesn't work. Like obviously in, in the 84 film, like the mayor's playing it serious. The owner of the hotel is playing it serious. The uh, you know, the the one who kicks him out of, of columbia university is playing it serious so that's what Peck, makes and pack is paying it serious you know yeah so and, and that's what creates the only one tension. Mm-hmm. the only one throwing jokes around like that is bill murray really yep like he's yep. the one that's just constantly quipping so you're not exhausted you're not exhausted um, it's like candy 2016 is like can like eating candy for two hours mm-hmm. like it sounds good yeah. but it's like this is not what you need in the in a film <laughs> to have like real stakes you know it's just like you ate a whole bag of skittles and now you yeah. feel like crap yeah, <laughs> yeah you're gonna yeah. throw yeah. up <laughs> yeah so that's that would be my one kind of segue to like the dichotomy between that and then this film and obviously the old ghost but like some of the other ones they do have obviously i mean even rick moran it's like all those guys are hilarious but 
mm-hmm. it's just like you have these other moments that create real sense of like dread or tension or like seriousness of what's going on yeah definitely agree with that i'd say one of the other things that to tie the knot here too, 2016 did a lot was flashy cameos they were this movie i think we'll get into it later got a lot of flack for fan service but i thought 2016 was doing a way too much like in your face stuff and mm-hmm. in act one i was a little nervous because we got our first cameo when oh, yeah. uh, janine when janine shows up yeah yeah but she has a quick little deal she's in yeah. it like it's just i actually would have wanted maybe a little bit more time it feels like some of her like her last line gets cut off a little quick yeah i feel like i agree i, I actually well. thought she was going to be a bigger part of the film when she showed up because her and spengler had like this flirty love affair in the first movie yeah you and know in the cartoons I, I mean it's not canon but it's just like yeah there always seems to be like a weird thing so even i would say one of the other things i was thinking is going in it's like who is callie's mom is it janine mm-hmm. is it like who is it is it even like as crazy is it dana is it you know dana barrett yeah. from so that was some kind of weird stuff so it seems kind of um that was the one thing i was kind of thinking about yeah. might have been part of her character and then after janine we start getting a little bit more of the fan service like we start getting some we start getting glimpses of the old gadgets you know um yeah. uh, like i love that spengler taught her how to fix the proton pack dude yeah uh, and I love the way it was shot, like it's subtle and, and respectfully, you know, um, I don't know about you guys. And John, let me know if I'm getting ahead of myself here. You're getting ahead we... of yourself. <laughs> okay. I'll hold, I'll hold my thought then I'll hold my thought. <laughs> um, but I will say this first, this first act then um, I thought was excellently paced. I, we're learning about all the characters they're all engaging. They're all interesting. And we're learning about their circumstances and why they're driven back to Spengler's house. You know, like there's nothing like in the 2016 movie, it felt like we were jumping from one SNL skit to the other. And here we're moving through a cohesive story and we're engaged with the characters. Uh, we, we know that there's like a conflict between, um, you know, Spengler and her and his daughter, but we don't quite know why. So we're like, we're in, you know, I think that the the sense of wonderment too in this movie is inviting us and also a new generation to enjoy the Ghostbusters lore. You know, it's like yeah. adding to it and not relying on it. It's one of those, it's a lot of movies, I think nowadays, and sort of the whole thing draws a younger audience in because the protagonists are kids right and the adults mm-hmm. are stupid like that's sort of the <laughs> that's sort of what ends up happening at the end of the yeah. movie and so i think it's when you're a kid it's easier to relate to other kids that look like you whereas i guess in the 80s it was a lot easier to relate to a 45 year old dan Aykroyd and <laughs> yeah. and bill murray as a and young bill murray trying to get laid yeah. for an hour and a half yeah that was more relatable back then yeah. now you know, yeah i think she's interesting i like how she sleeps above her covers or four feet above her covers but oh geez yeah, there's like definitely it. there's some cringe parts there that maybe wouldn't work in 2021 but 2022 but i don't know man i thought we'll this movie was lacking of ghost bjs personally yeah, but geez. <laughs> there's there's one stripper pole reference oh right. this movie? a little bit i'll put it yeah when uh when they're chasing muncher or yeah when they're going through there and 
um, Callie and Mr. Gruberson are on a date. They're, t- they're talking about Phoebe, which is weird. And he, yeah. they throw like off the joke. He's like, well, maybe she, she can be a exotic dancer. And she's like, oh, she's not coordinated. <laughs> and, and Paul Rudd's like, coordinated oh, oh. Enough. Yeah. he's like, oh, I don't think that matters. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> creepy, but you definitely get some, some weird jokes there. I mean, let's be honest. The guy is a credential. I don't know if he's credentialed anymore, but he's a seismologist working as a summer school teacher, you know, in Oklahoma. I mean, he's, he's showing the kids Cujo flags. and all these inappropriate yeah. movies. Oh, yeah. Those scenes. Yeah. Even those three all together. Like, um, I guess it's when when she first kind of walks into his office and she's making some jokes about seismology and like you can see the Spangler in her, like the the, the, mm-hmm. the way she her jokes are going to be like um, very, very similar to the way Egon's would be. And then, yeah, when those oh, she together, makes the obtuse joke. Yeah. 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 Very Spangler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the chemistry yeah, is you just feel that between especially those three. But um, you can start to get there and then like it, it invites you, like you said, the wonderment invites you to keep on going on this journey with with the cast. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I thought I act one was so tight. Yeah. I, I thought it was perfect. And then we, we jump into act two where, where Trevor and Lucky like are doing the teenage thing and they go to the mountains with all their, their new friends with the cool cooks. Kids, I was actually yeah. hoping we'd see some more of the cooks because I used to work in a lot of <laughs> restaurants growing up and the cooks are always like these degenerates. And I wanted to see them, you know, throw a little bit more comedy around like the way that they did when they called them out. Um, is that, are you, I, is that like a self-deprecating thing you're saying about yourself now or no, I think Anthony Bourdain you were said above, it first, but, <laughs> but like you're above, you're above that. No, no, I'm definitely not above that. So uh, these kids be should have been like, they should have been on top of the mountain. Like, Mountain Dew like, and, like smoking so weed hard. and yeah. like, so hard. <laughs> yeah. Just like glowing clouds. Yeah. Like a bang and what like a like a 16 ounce bang in one hand. Is that and is that what go. you imagine degenerates do? <laughs> I don't know. Drink no, for energy. Sure. <laughs> Candy they cigarettes, keep, chocolate. They gotta cigars. stay up late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They know. stay up late and they don't listen to their parents and and they ghost F girls. Just yeah. <laughs> what F it. F yeah. it bro. Oh, and they're there not been a they could have had a ghost girls like, like, uh, <laughs> like a ghost joke and like, the, yeah, they could have tie in joke like there. I'm going to yeah. ghost this girl so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Missed opportunity, you know? <laughs> and so they do the kid shit and they sit in yeah. front of, on top of that mine shaft, which, yeah, they might be teenagers, but I would never do something like no. that. That looks terrifying. It seemed like they've been up there, though, before. There's like, whatever, F it. We've been yeah, yeah. Before. And then Zool, like, busts out of there, and they're yeah. just like, they just laugh it off. That's it. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, that was crazy. Was bro. that me? Let, let me get ahead of that over there. Yeah. What did you how put much, in this? How much THC is coming out of this mountain? Yeah. <laughs> and I have whatever you're having. Um, and so simultaneously, Phoebe discovers that there's, she's like discovering that the spirit in her house must be her grandfather. And he shows her how to use the proton pack. And then, you know, as kids do, they just put that baby on and just start shooting. <laughs> they just go to an empty field. Hell yeah. They, they know what you. it is too. That seems so dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> they went for I love it. it. But it's yeah. just, yeah. It, it, like you said, it's the wonderment thing. Like when you 
either got your older brother's BB gun or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you just go shoot crap. And it's just like, they're just doing it with the proton pack, you know? And your mom's not around. So you're just like left to your own devices. Yeah, you're going to, yeah, you're going to, yeah, exactly. And then they yeah. hear like, coincidentally, they hear an eerie noise coming from the silos and it's the perfect opportunity for them to play Pokemon. And let's, let's catch this big <laughs> muncher. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which it was funny. I feel like the, I mean, the metal muncher, like his face, it kind of, kind of looked like Dan Aykroyd's face. <laughs> present Dan Aykroyd? Yes, present probably Dan, Dan Aykroyd. or uh, my girl. No, no, Dan present. <laughs> no, two years of COVID, eating okay. Cheetos out of a bag, licking his fingers, that drinking his own vodka that he endorses and sells all the time. That's oh, he of worries. course. Dan oh, Aykroyd yeah. worries about two things nowadays: his uh, his vodka and his in uh, Ghostbusters. That's all he cares about now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not a celebrity <laughs> unless you have some kind of spirit you endorse. Like that's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm working. It's on either one. aviation gin, Terramana, Casamigos, whatever Casamigos. the Jenner one is, eight one three, something like that. Yeah. I don't know, Baby Boy. <laughs> I would name mine but something. That cool. sequence. What? <laughs> that sequence though is. I thought, great, you know, when they get Trevor involved, too. And then all of a sudden there's a freaking gunner seat on the Ecto one. How sick was that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a kind of throwback to the toy, uh, the Ecto one toy that you could get as a kid and from the cartoon. So um, seeing that in action. Yeah. So they made that into reality. So Um, were you just like, this is everything I've this is it. Yeah, that's when. Yeah. So I would be honest, like in the first act of the movie, like and I say this for a lot of movies I'm excited about, and especially this one, like it takes me a while to get my bearings straight. And like I said, coming into this with so many preconceived ideas of what it could be, what it should be, mm-hmm. what I want it to be, and then reconciling like with what the movie is. The first act, I'm still like finding my bearings. But there, like I said, when podcasts and Phoebe and then when they're chasing after mantra, I'm like, yeah, this is. This is awesome. The cinematography is the best you've mm-hmm. seen in a Ghostbusters movie before. Um, yeah, it was the, shot. The score is awesome. The score is mm-hmm. awesome. Like it obviously has the some of the elements from the '84 film, but it also has a, a lot of John Williams in it, like a lot oh, of yeah. 80s adventure John Williams. So I'm just like, that's why it felt very Spielberg to me too. Yeah, yeah. you know, like it was yeah. it was orchestral. The the yeah. the, the score. Um, I have a question for you then, because after that incredible sequence, um, they go to jail, which I think I feel like also might be a callback to the first one because they're in jail. Um, You get one phone call. Who's it going to be? You know, yeah, (laughs) you get one phone call, dot, dot, dot. Who are you going to call? How did you feel about that line? I was okay. That was I mean, there's there's been worse that's been in fan service. (laughs) You had to know it was coming. Yeah, uh, I rolled my only, eyes at it. I, I, would, I was like, come on. Yeah, I would too. And it's the only one where like it's uh he says that and like the camera is like you is pulling in right mm-hmm. as he's about to everybody knows it's coming. Yeah, so it's like that's the only you get one. it. Did yeah, you and then he that, winked guys? at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well have broken the fourth yeah. and like <laughs> I afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> it's a quick one, like when in the old Superman movies when he's flying by at the end and kind of looks at the camera and then flies off. So yes, I'll, I'll yes. let that one slide. I'll let that one slide. <laughs> yeah. For what it's worth, I think that in the entirety of the film, that was the only time yeah. that I felt the fan service went a little too far. Yeah. Um, 
maybe the Twinkies reveal, but it was this one for me, I think. Yeah. Um, but oh, I mean, it's fine. And then he, she calls race dance. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And he just opens up to this random girl yeah. on the phone. Yeah. Quick. Which yeah. just crazy. tells her everything. Well, it was crazy to me that he was like, kind of like, oh man, Egon went crazy. Like I couldn't, I couldn't really like buy into what he was saying. But it was like the two of them were hunting ghosts, and like that's weird and crazy. And he had no problem with that. And then he's like, whoa, mm-hmm. the world's gonna end? You mean like it did the last two times in New York? I can't get behind that. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. You're on your own. <laughs> that one, I was like, all right, whatever. Uh, I'll go. Along so you're saying you're like you wanted it to be justified just a little bit more? Yeah, I wanted him to do something like, you know, Spangler like shot some dude. He went totally wild. <laughs> and I, I just like, I couldn't deal with it. And, uh, <laughs> I wanted it to, it had to be bananas because they've done so much weird stuff already. Like it couldn't have, like yeah, it had yeah, to yeah. be off the wall. Couldn't have just been like, oh, I don't know. He said the world was going to end. Like that wasn't, wasn't crazy enough. The stakes weren't so, high enough. So this is, yeah, this is where I'm still kind of, I would say I'm still wrestling with it. I still enjoy the movie, but um, if I had like one or two or maybe even three still quips about it, um, yeah, first of all, he says his first line that's probably super shocking. He says Egon Spangler can rot in hell. Like, yeah. so that's a huge yeah. compliment, right? That's like super cutting and hitting, like, especially uh-huh. for me, because of you've seen these films, you've grown up with them. Like what I said in the beginning, like the reason everybody loves these, like the camaraderie between these four dudes, like just mm-hmm. doing this shit together. They hang out together. They've saved the world. They've just been through it. And so to they came, they case, saw, they kicked its ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, like I'm with John, like the abandonment there. I, I do need not not that I need to be spoon fed, but I do need a little bit more, like especially in the technology. He can take a phone. He take a, you know, a video on his phone and show him what's going down, like what's happening, yeah. where he's at. So that one suspension of, of disbelief takes a little bit more. And, you know, maybe in a in a cartoon series or in, a, in another movie, in a sequel, you get a little bit more about why he really ditched them. And, but that's one where like, these have been your dudes. These have been your guys. So yeah. Yeah. You think about your friends I will say, up with, like you wouldn't, of course you wouldn't leave them. If, especially if we had like saved the world together, yeah, you know, so like, it, yeah. what yeah. possibly could have happened to justify Egon abandoning them or them, fighting back so hard against egon's yeah you know like it's not crazy in, in the world that they live in yeah for gozer to come back you know yeah. so i agree this for me um is when the movie started to feel a little bit rushed for me yep and um just because the kids fall into the scooby scooby gang mode really quickly i was here for it don't get me yeah. wrong but then the, they call ray and as we enter into act three um I feel like it, it, it. That's when this is when the movie actually starts. You know, kind of relying on the original premise. Yeah. I would say Act Three um, is almost take like ripped right out of Ghostbusters One. You know, yeah. It, it like like great like Gary is the is the keymaster again. Nerdy um, guy. This time becomes yeah, the key nerdy master. guy, wacky guy. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, I love it because Paul Rudd is yeah, hilarious. It's perfect. But it's like as soon as he runs into that Walmart, it felt like the movie took a turn for me. Um, you know, like, like he's loading up on those desserts and then we see the Marshmallow Man 
but uh, we yeah. don't know why they're taking the form of the of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yeah. And in the first movie, it's justified. It's because Ray like is thinks like empty your it, mind yeah. because that's what the yeah, and he thinks about yeah. it. Uh, and this one, they just show up, which is fine. It's fan yeah. servicey. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's a little bit of a nitpick, honestly. Yeah. It was pretty you know, hilarious yeah. the though, when they crew... hit that Roomba. They started driving around, exploding <laughs> each other. It was hilarious. Dude, yeah, it was a... honestly kind of scary. They're like stabbing yeah. each other yeah. and like yeah. roasting each other. For sure. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely some cute moments in there, but I will agree with you. The first um, time watching it, coming from that scene on, it does feel rushed. Um, and especially when we get to the end, um, you know, talking about who shows up, it does feel rushed in a lot of those moments. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, but it is a two hour and something it's, plus movie so yeah i guess yeah. i guess and, i will say we wrap up like this is probably the best that they could have done with the actors the other the original actors either being deceased or not available or they only want 73 be, years old exactly right? <laughs> and they know? only want to be in it for you know bill murray probably be saying you know i'll do it but i'm only going to be i'm going to give you a day or two of shooting exactly he's like i'm gonna show up on set two days max yeah um yeah let's yeah, stop beating ahead. around let's let's say what happens in act three yeah, and then we can discuss so gary goes to walmart he notices that the marshmallows are coming to life uh, and <laughs> it's the- funny how you, how you say let's start act three gary goes to walmart that sounds like the most boring movie ever <laughs> gary goes to walmart. no i swear it's exciting Talk have you ever product been placement walmart? dude a oh huge God. walmart shows up on screen yeah. <laughs> paul Rudd's is doing like his little strut he's just like strutting yeah. in there yeah I could watch cream. that guy do anything. I could watch yeah. him like paint a room, yeah. eat some ice cream. <laughs> He's great. And He's great. so that's going on. The new crew of the new Ghostbusters uh, find a hidden lair where they discover that Spengler was continuing to protect the world, that he has sacrificed everything to stop the apocalypse from coming. Which <laughs> and, that's part, uh, that part is like, it's, I think it's super awesome. The way, you know, he has yeah. that. Um, Jerry rig proton pack set up to cross the streams mm-hmm. every time those ghosts try to come up. Yeah. So it took me a while. Dude, it was badass. Yeah. So that's way I guess, you know, it took me the first two or three viewings to realize what he was trying to do, but that's what they do in the original, right? They cross the streams every time to push the ghost back. So it's just like in 84, I guess goes her, it gets pushed back, but she's not done. I guess she's trying to come back through this realm in the in somerville we we see the years too so it's like prophesized that gozer is going to come back every so so many years i don't know Um, if they did the math on the years but at least they were like they had them written down you know they were 1984 2021 Um, we also see sketch them with a rock every time it happened (laughs) (laughs) they're just actively writing them down evo shandor wakes up from we'll that corpse, out. and he just writes them down. Yeah. Hold on, what year? Jesse, what did you think about that? Seeing Evo Shandor in this movie. It's, I mean, seeing him. So that's J.K. Simmons, which has he has that yeah kind of crazy cameo. What's funny is like a lot of fans consider the Ghostbusters video game canon. So Ghostbusters three, as like mm-hmm. they would consider that their version, um, which Evo Shandor is like the main um, villain in in the video game. So people maybe were expecting him to do more. And then the fact that goes there, like just rips him in half as soon as she resurrects. It's, it's pretty wild. But, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. pretty wild. Uh, yeah. I love that cameo too. Like how he yeah. just walks up to her. Um, yeah. yeah, I didn't mind that at all. So so after they're in that cave, um, they go back and they find that their mom 
has uh well well she's found all the gadgets she's going down this nostalgic ride she goes on the fire pole she sees that all these photos of her that spengler had <laughs> he's like clearly a madman because he's like yeah he's graduation got... <laughs> you know yeah. she it's like specific details on there he's got so this, um, so if I can... a wall up of his daughter <laughs> yeah so that w- i would say that's my my second quip of the movie so i guess based on like screenshots or whatever she was born before the events of 84 so that means that egon has that means that she's born during 84 and 89 like during ghostbusters 2 which retcons like your memory of what he's doing so maybe once again i don't need to be spoon-fed as a viewer but that changes your view of like what he's doing like he doesn't mention her when they're trying to save Mm -hmm. the baby in 80 in ghostbusters 2 and like they're investigating the baby and they're seeing the uh when they go to Dana's apartment and like investigating the crib and stuff, like you think he would have mentioned something about his daughter. Like it's just something weird. Yeah. When you go back and yeah. watch those, if she's alive during those, it kind of changes your views on them, but maybe Winston has kids or, or Ray has kids too. They just don't talk about it. So maybe they're busy. They're, they're career yeah. men. Separate work yeah. from family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got to separate work, work life balance. Yeah. You know? So if we learned anything from jingle all the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's work life balance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh no. she sees all of those. She realizes that her dad cares about her. Um, and then she becomes possessed by the gatekeeper, right? Yeah. Um, and now we see the Ghostbusters run to save the day. We we get basically the third act of the first movie again. Yeah. Like literally the set, dude, from Ghostbusters one just rips out of that wall. And it's Gozer and it's Olivia Wilde, yeah. which I thought was awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I, I didn't realize that there would be like, I guess I should have knowing the 2016 version that there'd be so many cameos. Yeah. Was that but her Gozer, real yeah. voice too? No, that's a, some other. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's Harry Styles. Oh. Hipping in. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that was that was great. And then we, I I was surprised to see that Lucky was still involved at this point. Yeah, forced. Yeah. And she, yeah, once again, she's not little... terrible. Her as a as a performer is not terrible. But once again, in the two hour movie, like it's Phoebe, Phoebe's movie, right? It's uh, McKenna mm-hmm. Grace's movie, Callie's movie. So, you know, I would say even moving forward, I don't know if they even keep her or even um, Finn Wolfhard. If they do yeah, sequels, we'll like you could, you could give me podcast and and Phoebe and maybe some new <laughs> other ones, and I'd be fine with those. Yeah, get a couple other kids yeah. similar in age, you know that they that maybe they meet in New York. But then if you mm-hmm. swap out Finn, That'd how are cool. they gonna like? How is he gonna buy them beer and like get them drunk and stuff? <laughs> like you know, there's so much that story time, to be told. By that time, they'll yeah. be old enough to do it, and they'll okay. like Phoebe will create her own vape. Like she'll. Oh, so you her. want an adult? You want like an adult Ghostbusters, a whole new crew? No, no, no. Like I think she's her and podcast should definitely be in it with. Yeah. And we'll talk about Winston at the end, how he seems to be the. Well, let's get there. So yeah. they 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 take on Zool um, and it looks like they're going to be overwhelmed. And then Deus Ex Machina, baby. Here come the OG <laughs> Ghostbusters to yeah. save the day out of nowhere. <laughs> I how, how did you feel when they showed up? Yeah. Like you, like I said, of course I want them to show up. Of course I want them to be there, but it does feel rushed. It does feel uh-huh. 
like I knew when they were going to show up and I, and I tried to avoid stuff, but you, you know, they have to show up at a certain time. You could almost tell by the moment they were going to show up. Now that I reconcile with what the movie is, it's okay. I want them there. Yeah. Um, but at the time, like viewing it first time, I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of come out of nowhere. Like, it, it, it really it? is. You just weren't about it. Uh, not that I was sour. Once again, I guess maybe I want more explanation. Like I thought it would have been super mm-hmm. sweet and badass if they showed up in um, Ecto 1A from Ghostbusters 2. So a little bit different. Oh, like, the one that has the. Yeah, with the the self-referential. <laughs> Ghostbusters like, 2. We, we know we're in the second movie <laughs> symbol, yeah. but just something like that or maybe a little bit more lead in. But once again, there's only so much time in the movie. Maybe it would have been jarring. So yeah. we can think about it as, you know, as critics, right? As like how we would have formed it but maybe it would have been too much so maybe they just have to show up well and like we said before it's a two and a half hour long movie already yeah um getting all of that in there i mean honestly though i would sit down to watch a three-hour ghostbusters no i would yeah you're talking to the guy who would yeah (laughs) yeah like ray hangs up the phone from uh phoebe and then immediately makes a call and then it's get the Mm -hmm. game back together for 25 30 minutes that's I mean, that would have been awesome. That would have been I dream, awesome. That's what I dreamed about to my wife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so how did they get the gang back together? So Ray. Oh, I love ben, this. I love this okay. question. Like, so he go. calls, he calls up, he calls up Pete and Pete's, you know, probably not about it, but he kind of explains what's going down and where it, hold on. Where is yeah, Venkman? Where Cause is. Venkman is, is a character. He's probably yeah. in the middle of like, he's, he's like golfing something. with a celebrity. He's, yeah. he's like on a talk show or something. Yeah. 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 Well, so in the movie, um, Ray says that um, he teaches marketing at um, SUNY. Oh something, yeah. Some New York college. Some made up school. Yeah. You would know, John. Um, and then Winston's <laughs> like some businessman. So, they get the private jet from Winston, your boy. Yeah. Slap, slap a big old, you know, Ghostbusters uh-huh. logo on that. And they, they fly to town. So something like that, I, I guess. Oh, I can I, I can see the for. shot in my I'm head. Of so you go Winston like Ernie first. Hudson walks out. Yeah. yeah. Ernie Hudson yeah. walks off the jet. He like takes off his sunglasses, oh. you know, like a Tony Stark thing. It's gotta <laughs> yeah. Be, yes. He's got some Tony yes. Stark fives. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then I, I the was, first line he says is. He looks out, he just sees pure chaos, everything. And he he just goes, he, mm-hmm. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. And they step down <laughs> and they, just, they go to town. Yeah. I thought you were going to yeah. say like he lands, right? He lands and it's like, I don't know, New York. And he just like looks around. He's like, I love this town. Oh, <laughs> man. No, I'm talking movie. when they get to Oklahoma. I'm way past that. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Something like I mean, that. I was, something like that. I like mm-hmm. it. Like we get like a heist movie where you're like, we got to get the gang back together. You yeah. know, we cut and we see what they're all doing. Um, it but would like, be nice too like if the... it was just like Spangler needs us, you know, and they're just like, no questions. Let's do it. Yeah. I guess that's their, this was like their version of portals and Endgame, Right. Except, you know, they don't have portals. <laughs> Bankman can't yes. make portals, you know? Yeah. You yeah. hear Ray just go on your left. <laughs> 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 How they pretty much do that they pretty much like yeah. bankman that's, says hey flat yeah, top that's pretty much <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much exactly right there. There. yeah <laughs> yeah once they yeah. start quipping you start hearing the stuff they're like okay i'm in for it um oh yeah you just hear bill murray fall right into bankman like he yeah. sounds amazing already it's like no time yeah. has passed and same for ernie hudson and dan Aykroyd. like 
I don't miss but, it. Okay. I, love them. I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet because now's the time. So Phoebe picks up the proton pack and is taken on uh, Gozer. And then you see the hand, yeah. you know, and I got chill guys. It worked. I got chills when that happened. And I no didn't cap, think that they were going to no show cap. his face. You're not no saying cap. that just, no to cap make me chills. Happy, just to make me happy. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. Need I mean, I would do anything to make you happy, but. We don't need to yeah. fan service each other here. Just tell me, give it to me real. Sassy. You don't need. I would never lie to you, Sassy. Okay. He's okay. an emotional uh, guy, though. He yeah. he did cry during I, Jungle Cruise when he found out Dwayne Johnson could never die because he thought it was. Real yeah, life, when I found out the rocket. I also die. cried when when he when you learned that he names the tigers Proxima because it's just the next one. Oh. <laughs> uh, I thought it was cute. Was. Okay. So, we see, uh, uh, yeah, Spangler's hand you know, on Phoebe's hand and like, no. they're doing like this Goku Gohan thing. Have you, you guys know what I'm talking about? When, they, I when do Gohan not. fights I do Cell? Not. No. Okay. I know the name. I feel but... like every movie is just like anime <laughs> nowadays, but uh, then we, I was not expecting the reveal. For real? You know, that we would actually see a CGI face. No, I yeah. was like, I, I, the movie's been tasteful about the whole thing, especially yeah. after the cold open. Mm-hmm. But then they show his face, and I didn't think it was going to work for me, but I was in tears. <laughs> I yeah. straight up started crying. <laughs> it's uh, it's the best virtual version of a, those, like, recently, because we've seen what, like, in uh, Rogue One, you see Leia, you see um, mm-hmm. that Admiral, whatever. So this one also might be a little bit easier CGI-wise, because he's, like, Because he looks like a ghost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they nail it. That part's like flawless. There's some other CGI that I'm kind of whatever about in the movie, but this one, yeah, that's where their budget went because they knew they had to do this. Clearly, yeah. yeah, for sure. They they threw hundreds of thousands of dollars at making yeah. Harold Ramis look like that, and they also yeah. like cut like sixty pounds off of him. Yeah, from when he really passed away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ramis yeah. was a little bigger, but yeah. it, I thought it was so good. What did you yeah. think, John? I was a little nervous the whole time. I I did not cry. Um. It takes a little bit okay. to make me cry, like watching something. Like, you wait guys till you ever... have kids. Yeah, then wait I'll till you have kids, forever. man. Dude, you start crying for everything, everything, my guy. Really? Stop. You you watch you watch trailers for movie and you'll cry. You're like, this is thirty seconds and I'm crying. You watch a Coke commercial. Like, the polar bear walks up to its baby polar bear. <laughs> Just wait. It, it's it, you can't help it. You cannot help it either. You can't help it. All wow. Right. Something to yeah. look forward to. So you cried. Yeah. You cried, Sarasi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even more the second time, because once again, like I said, the first time it's like it was like riding a roller coaster. I couldn't. I feel like you're I'm taking it in. Yeah, I'm taking it. Yeah. I'm wrecking silent with what the movie is, as opposed to what I thought it was going to be. Not that it has to live up, to, but it's just like it's too much for me the first time. Mm-hmm. I'm just I've been waiting for it so long. Second and third time. I'm like, <laughs> All right. I'm I can I'm strapped in. I kind of know my bearings and like the things are hitting better. When I'm watching it, fourth time, fifth time, fourth time, I'm like, all right, sixth time. I can... <laughs> you don't want to talk about how many times I've seen one and two. So, it's... yeah, wait, oh, can we guess? Wait, wait, let's guess. Let's guess. All right, price is right. Rules, I don't think Sarasti right? even knows. Like, do you have do you like a ballpark, a number in your head? It's got to be over a hundred. Yeah, part one's got to be in the hundreds. Yeah, I would say part two, close to the hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. That's do you uh how do you feel about part two in comparison to part one? 
Wait, wait. Let's let's get there. Let's wrap up. Oh, oh, we're gonna rank it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get there later. We'll get there. The one thing I did want to say about um, when Spangler shows up, I was really nervous, and I'm so glad it didn't happen. I was really nervous they were gonna have him try and say something sentimental, and I am very. That was so. The reason probably I didn't cry was because I was really nervous they were gonna have him say something to Phoebe or like say like I'm sorry, Ray. Yeah, or something yeah, yeah. stupid. And it was a I'm good so call that they didn't have. It was talk. perfect. Yeah. It was yeah. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It made it I, I've never too. seen an example of something like this working so well. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think part because they nailed the CGI part, like John, like don't have them talk. Like it's, you can see his expressions are perfect. Let the other guys say mm-hmm. what they need to say to him. Let his, you know, granddaughter and his grandkids and his, his daughter like embrace him. But, it's all in his facial expressions, which once again, feel very Harold Ramis, feel very Egon. Um, and mm-hmm. they nail it. They, they stick that landing really well. And how about like from a story perspective, how awesome is it that one of the Ghostbusters comes out, comes back as a fucking ghost? Yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah. still busted. He's still like yeah. fighting the good fight for the well, yeah, that's like It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's definitely like that's his unfinished business, right? He's trying to save his friends. He's trying to save the world, but obviously like save his family most once he sees that his family is like the most in danger because they're living there now and he's guiding mm-hmm. his granddaughter to do it. So that's like, once again, John, it's not to say like, it's really when you have kids and like you start to like feel that like it's, it's a real thing. Like you I'll ball. No, you will. You will like <laughs> yeah. it, like random things, but it's uh, uh what is it like like you're just like a couple of like a bird in a nest with its babies and you just start you crying might. you might. i think what would have gotten me was it it probably what would have made me cry maybe if i watch it again i will cry is it's not when he's holding her hand and he's like in his eyes you can see okay we we got this we're gonna do it it's yeah. when mm-hmm. the other two when venkman and winston look at him and they're like, and then they're yeah. like, all right, now we got like, cause yeah, I felt like at first they weren't so sure. They're like, yeah, we'll help this kid out. But then when they look over and see, and that probably would have made me like, all right, like we're all back. It's all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's like when you get your four boys to get, like when you get the, the last one there, it's like, oh, Gozer, you don't mess up now. Cause now we got all four of us. We got all four yeah. students. We about to send you back, girl. You don't. <laughs> You don't know what's about to go down. Like you thought he had us down with one of our homies, but he's back, boy. You know what I mean? Nope. It's just like nope. that's how it is. It's just like, yeah, we're gods, dude. Yeah. We're going down. So yeah. if you could put a rap on this movie, like one, two sentences, what would it be? Overall, I think this is probably the best Lego sequel I've ever seen because it doesn't recycle old ideas, at least not entirely. But it like instead it venerates them. It's a it's like a celebration and a passing of the torch of the Ghostbusters to a new generation. And like I said before, like the first two acts, I would say of this movie are really strong. And and there are nitpicks for me in the third act, specifically, you know, using the same uh, um, climax that we've seen in the 84 movie. But overall, I think, yeah, it made dude, I mean. This movie made me feel something. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I laughed, I cried. Uh, I felt like this world was imbued with wonder. And isn't that all you want from a movie going experience? You know, yeah. I, I loved it. 
Yeah, I loved it. I'll echo, yeah, Jose's sentiments about like it being the best it probably could have been with like once again limited um, actors as far as you know either deceased or only want to be a certain part of it. But you know, for me, taking as much baggage or ideas or what I think this movie should be, I think they they nailed it every every part that they could have. There's certain once again nitpicks that I would have wanted differently, but maybe you can't fill those holes. Maybe it's, it, it gets filled in later, but um, yeah, it's one that, that kind of will stick with me as I kind of digest it more and think about it more. Yeah. It's out on VOD now. So are you going to yeah. get like a steel book? There, like there, the like, oh yeah. There's some ultimate collection. It's like all three of these, of this uh, trilogy and like all these bonus features. So you know, I'll be there to get just that. ignoring the 2016 one. I yeah. think you get a digital download of that one, but that's the thing. Here's the other, home. Here's the thing. It doesn't like he, but he also ignored that timeline. So it's on him because he didn't want his movie to be part of that timeline either. So yeah, when you exclude yourself not. from that, you can't be part of the trilogy box set, my guy. You mm-hmm. you didn't want to be in our timeline. You can't be in this timeline. So you don't get in that release. Yeah. That's he made the right choice. Yeah. You like open the box set. It says like three DVDs and you're yeah. Melissa McCarthy and you open this box set. It says free download on Voodoo. It's a QR <laughs> code. <laughs> but you make your bed, you got to sleep in it. That's what it is. Man. I feel that. I feel that. Uh, John, give us, give us your overall thoughts. my friend. Yeah, for sure. Man, it was just a lot of fun. And I think what this movie did really well too is you know, Serasi is like someone who's a fan of the, like a huge fan of the original ones. It does some, a much better job of the 2016 one of like bringing that all back together. And I think what it does is it sets up a new fandom for younger people. Like, like I said, like kids fighting ghosts, you know, it's something you can grow up with as a kid, seeing another kid and become a fan for life. So I think from like, an ip perspective like from a like nailed it perspective yeah Yeah, like super smart so i i really enjoyed it too and like you said like not everything has to be true crime grit you know dark (laughs) it was a family like it made me laugh it made me emotional i really enjoyed it and that like that's a good movie so i think it's not lost on me that this ip like you said sarasti is like it's one that's like perfectly set up for you and your homies yeah. to love oh, yeah. together. Yeah. You know, like there's, what are you guys doing for Halloween this year? Do you guys yeah. want to get some jump ghost? Some fucking, yeah. let's get some ghostbusters gear going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get my patch. It'll say, I don't know if they make them big enough to fit Garcia Chow, but I'll custom, <laughs> I'll make it. <laughs> yeah. No, but for real, that's, that's what brings you back to it. It's just that camaraderie, like hanging with your boys, whether we're catching ghosts or we're, talking about movies or writing songs or just hanging out. Just like, mm-hmm. I think that's what brings people back. Cause it reminds them of either of that time in their, in their lives or those moments that they have with, you know, a certain amount of a group of friends. I, I mentioned the stuff about Winston. I, yeah. I feel like um, Ernie Hudson, his character and just like his acting chops and Bill Murray's great, but he probably doesn't want to do many more of these. I felt like he's, he still looks great. He still acts mm-hmm. great. He still has like that gravitas to him. And I would love him being like the main focus when they do sequels, like him being the main guy. You like a mentor? Even, 
like the mentor. And that's what that looks like in the after credit scene that he's going to be like, he obviously he has the money to finance them and like mentor them. Um, so him being kind of like the, the Tony Stark of the, of the new Ghostbusters, like. I would well, love that. I would yeah. love that so much because also knowing how he come, how he becomes a Ghostbuster in the yeah. original yeah. for him to be like the last standing one or the guy yeah. to like pass the torch yeah. would just be. Oh, chef's kiss, dude. <laughs> Which I think they're definitely hinting at it because right that that scene has him pulling the ecto back into the firehouse. He talked about he's going to yeah. clean up the ecto, and then you see the containment unit. So, I think that little Easter egg at the end, that little post credit scene hinting at that, is what a lot of a lot of fans would like to see. And just yeah, just thinking mm-hmm. about it objectively, just on like acting chops, and because I would say Dan Aykroyd, he's just kind of he's always been kind of wacky, but he just doesn't seem it just seems kind of weird, like. Of yeah, course, yeah, he's, yeah. He's the originator of it. He wrote the script. He came up with the idea of Ghostbusters. So, you know, fans owe him everything. But as far as like having him being in in fifty percent of a new Ghostbusters movie, I think I would prefer Ernie Hudson to be that guy. Yeah. Serasi, so wait, uh, we didn't. We kind of touched on this, but it sounds like you really hated the twenty sixteen version. Yeah. No, Can we that, get more into thing. that. Yeah. So yeah, when twenty sixteen was announced, and I had. I had little legitimately like bridesmaids. Uh, it's hilarious to me. I love that movie. Paul Feig directed, obviously McCarthy. Yeah. And, Paul Feig. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kristen Wiggs in that. So I had no worries about it. You know, I would, you know, follow up on, on Instagram and Twitter, all the things leading up to it. And then when it, when the leading up to it, when they weren't releasing trailers, like, you know, you kind of know that there's something up with the movie as, you know, you, you kind of see the writings on the wall there. So, um, yeah. It's just, yeah, once again, when I saw it, it was just like, this is not the the correct way to do it. And not to say that a Ghostbusters movie, as we've been talking about it, it'd be, you know, kind of condescending for us to say that it has to be this kind of movie. But the fact that everybody, just in a movie in general, where every character is trying to make a one-liner, every character is trying to make a joke, whether you have mm-hmm. one minute of screen time or in the, in the in the movie the whole time, like, it just doesn't work in any movie, whether it's Ghostbusters or not. I wanted to get Nick's nitpicks. Nick's picks. Nick's nitpicks. Nitpicks. <laughs> you mentioned you had three. Yeah. Let's hear them. So yeah, I think I mentioned. Um, I don't know what order, but one. Yeah, I wish more backstory um, about the how they broke up, why he's not answering his calls, why he's abandoned, why Ray has abandoned Egon, or how why everybody's everyone's abandoned Egon. And he's kind of by himself Mm -hmm. Two, it's weird to me that it kind of retcons how you view Egon in the 84 and 89 films. If he has a daughter in that during those times, a young daughter during those times, as he's like helping somebody else with their baby problem or saving the world. Mm -hmm. Like, but once again, maybe, you know, like I said, Ray has kids at that time. We just don't hear about him. Winston has kids who knows. So Mm -hmm. in my head, like before I might have some illegitimate children that we don't know about, you know, I just always viewed them as like bachelors, just like hanging out. Those four do everything together. So it kind of changes your viewpoint about those characters. And then uh, three is, yeah, kind of that rushed ending. Um, You know, them just showing up out of nowhere. But once again, like how much more can you add? I would love to see them getting all together, but maybe we don't have the runtime. Maybe they don't have, you know, Bill Murray doesn't want to be on Mm -hmm. set for that long to do that. He's like, no, I'll, I'll just do this part. So who knows? Yeah. It is weird to think about Spangler having kids when they all like live in that firehouse, the firehouse together. 
Yeah, <laughs> like and maybe they have their beds like right next to each other. <laughs> but yeah, maybe maybe hey, go home your family. Them. Yeah, maybe the wife disowned them and said you can't see her and like you're too crazy mm-hmm. with this ghost stuff and you're not gonna do that. So maybe in, in my head, canon, like that's what I have to do is just say justify said, it in your head. You know that go do your thing. We'll I'll take care of her. You don't have to worry about her, kind of thing. So <laughs> who knows? Yeah, <laughs> that's what we'll just that's what we'll say. Yeah. yeah. Nick's nitpicks. Nick's nitpicks. There you go. We should like drop a little like neon nightclub beat yeah. <laughs> before and after this. Like, nit- For Nick's nitpicks. <laughs> Nick's nitpicks. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys have? Some like do you have a couple? What would you say? Were your nitpicks? Um. Oh well, now it's not Nick's nitpicks, but it's y'all's. It's y'all's podcast. <laughs> John, do you have some that stand out? Yeah, I have a few. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me upload like, oh, a word no. document. Let me open my diary really quick. Let me pull it up. Watching this movie. No, I think. Um, let's see. Let's see. One of my first nitpicks was like early on in the in the beginning, where uh, like, what's up with superheroes being broke all the time? That made no sense to me. Uh, oh, they're yeah. they're not superheroes, but like you're saving the world multiple times and you don't have enough money for your daughter to, to get but a that good equipment house. to keep it going to pay for know. all that stuff. That's an expensive science. Like that's like Elon Musk, like that's the bankroll you man for all that. <laughs> you, well, you, and also you, you do want a favor, one favor relatable, <laughs> you know, also you want your heroes to be relatable and you, you want something that an audience can attach to. They're like, Oh, like Peter Parker, Peter Parker's a broke kid. And everybody remembers being a broke kid, you know, yeah. unless you're Elon Musk or, or Kate Bishop. Or, yeah. But it's a yeah, or Kate Bishop. But these movies are supposed to be for a wide audience. And here's the thing: everybody in America is broke. Yeah. I thought you said white audiences. I was gonna disagree with white you. Aud- <laughs> white audience. <laughs> no, dude. That's why. That's why we got I'm, Ernie Hudson in the movie. Yeah, true. My guy. My yeah. guy um i think the other one he looks great yeah he's jacked yeah i'll touch i'll touch upon that in my if you have any wrap-up thoughts about moving forward with the ip but yeah keep on with your nitpicks oh okay just my last i kind of want to hear that more um and then my last (laughs) one is just that they totally teleported to wherever they were and that there was no outside of what happened in the movie when you it's like one of those movies that you're so excited by everything happening when you actually take a second to like, mm-hmm. let me take a step back here and you take a look, you're like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. actually like there's still a lot of problems we have here that we need to solve. So that it's was like in probably, Batman. Yeah. Like in the last Batman, when he just shows up and back in the city after he escapes the Lazarus pit, like how did he get Oh, there? Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. 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 Like in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. yeah so. um, my main nitpick honestly guys and i i'm retro i'm like already justifying it in my head is is the fact that they just use gozer and the keymaster and the gatekeeper again but honestly for a franchise starter like if you're going to make a sequel you can be original with the bad guy next time so yeah in yeah. this one like it makes sense to you know use some of the ip that we're already familiar with but you get into, other than that you think um, about star wars is they they did the same thing when they rebooted the the last I thought about Force Awakens a lot while I was watching this movie. And I thought that this one, you know, 
did it better. Honestly, <laughs> I think this one uh, did it better for sure. <laughs> and then also uh, the Deus Ex Machina of the OG GBs just showing up. Um, like what did they just all jump on a plane and <laughs> you know immediately show up? But yeah, that's pretty much it though. I was I was here yeah. for it, man. I was gobbling these member berries. Um, <laughs> but let's get to the critic reviews, my friend. Sixty-two percent on the tomato meter, ninety-five percent audience score. So these are going to be a bit skewed. So the first one from Australia, Jason Reitman's belated sequel to his dad's Ghostbusters film. Forget much of what made those '80s comedies so great. Ditching the offbeat humor and apocalyptic dread for imitation Spielberg Americana and family-focused sentimentality. Huh. Yeah. That what sounds like a personal problem. Yeah. And I'm okay and less with of a review. And I'm okay with the switch up of style because once again, I was I was talking to my friend, like, if you don't have Bill Murray in Ackroyd and Ramis, like in um Ernie Hudson, like it's hard to make that movie again. It's hard to assemble that cast again. So, you know, uh-huh. 2016 tried that with a bunch of funny people. Like this movie needed to be a different thing because it, you don't have those. And that's lightning in a bottle when you throw those four together. And Bill Murray just lights that spark in every movie that he's in. Right. If you don't have that, it can't be that funny. Exactly. All the time. You can't do it again. Exactly. I'm glad you brought up 2016 because that's exactly what they tried to do. They tried yeah. to do the offbeat humor you know, and it didn't work. Like, what are we going to get four more SNL people to try again? Yeah. No, I think this was the right approach. Yeah. This next one gives it a one out of four um, from RogerEbert.com. This Ghostbusters takes the series mythology way too seriously, approaching what should be a light, silly comedy as if it were serious science fiction. The result is an awkward and unwarranted feeling of reverence, which I'm just going to go into the next one because it's very, a lot of them had the same sort of thoughts on the movie. So this next one is a two out of four. Rather than delivering new and exciting chapter in the saga, you like that saga instead yeah. of saga? <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> Afterlife feels like a mausoleum, an immaculate hall of memories that seems wholly stiffed by its own deference to its source. Yeah, it's interesting that the critics are comparing this movie so much to the original than letting it stand on its own because like i said before like i feel like the the best parts of this movie are what it decided to do new um and that it didn't ignore what came before and instead celebrated it um i yeah i disagree that it's stifled by its own deference to its source i think it's actually the opposite i think it soars because of it yeah no i would agree like it that's the thing like it's it needs to be its own thing and it's weird that a critic is mad that it's not a lighthearted comedy all over again like don't you want it to try to do new things and try to make it a family drama and add some more you know character elements rather than it just being two hours of of jokes so yeah. once again if you don't have those four guys originally it's hard to assemble that cast again with new people and imagine if works. they did do the same thing again we don't actually have to imagine it because they did it. They yeah. did it fucking six years ago. And they yeah. did it in a like 2021, 2020, I guess it was 2016. But like they brought it into the new age, but didn't change anything, which is weird to me because mm-hmm. the critics are blasting this movie for being like taking it to like taking their roots too seriously and being too close to their like 
that's what 2016 did. So it's just tough yeah. for me to be like, what, what, what is your stance what do you here? Want? Like, yeah. 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 It, it, it's just funny because the examples are there, you know, they're like, Oh, right. it, this is what's wrong with this one. Where it's like, well, if we took your advice and we did that, we would just get the 2016 version. Yeah. Yeah. So you know? this is the, the last one, uh, which I found the most interesting is a one and a half out of five. So they gave it a little bit of a bump up. Um, this person says, this is the worst movie of the four. They made sure to ghostbusters films, not for any other films. And not even close by any margin. Wild. That's it. That's all they said. That's it. So you you know we gotta rank them right now. <laughs> oh, all right, let's rank them. Sarasi, I feel like you should do the honors here. No, wait, wait. We should let Sarasi go. Should last. we do first? Yeah, yeah we'll go Sarassi first, and we'll let Sarasi okay. you know, take us home on that. So, are you thinking yeah. about it? Let's hear yours, John. Mine. mine. Yeah. It's uh one, two, this one, twenty sixteen. Okay. All right, I mine was would able be to think one. about it longer because I did the, you know, I did the outline. So I was like, well, but are you ready to go already? <laughs> I was going to filibuster for you if you needed a second. No, I got it. Okay, you, you, just, you just shotgunned yours. I'll just shoot from the hip too. Right. Uh, mine would be one, this one, two, and three. Okay. So it would, so it would be OG, then it would yeah. be Afterlife, yeah. then it would be two, and then... Ghostbusters 2016. Yeah, I fucking heard you, man. My pick. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just clarifying because I just said numbers. You know, maybe the audience is like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> You're literally in my ear. I can hear you. I would, I would probably, mine's probably be like Jose's. Mine's one, two. But I think as, as time goes on, and I feel this way about movies and albums as I've gotten older, like music, like, it's hard for me to review it even especially the day after I see it or an hour after I see it and give it the proper rating. Um, the same way I do about music. Like I'll listen to a record and, and listen to it like mm -hmm. for that week and be like, whatever. And maybe it ca catches back up on like shuffle on my, on my phone. And I'll be like, wait, this is awesome. Like five years down the yeah. line. So I think um, two uh, Ghostbusters two and afterlife will compete for yeah. a while. Um, and then it depends what they do down the line. And then 2016 would be the fourth. <laughs> 2016 yeah. like, it doesn't even Regardless matter, of what like, they do next, 2016. Else can come out. Yeah. Then... John, do you want to uh, let us know what the audience thinks? Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to get into two audience reviews because they were pretty much all the opposite of the critic reviews of like how excited <laughs> that it was a great blend of paying homage, but also doing yeah. its own thing. You know, um, so this is a four and a half stars. Uh, it says it's a good continuation or respects the original. Good story, good acting, fun, good cast. Special effects are good. Not woke. What? <laughs> I just love that because this person this probably knocked it down. They were probably like, look, it could be five stars. Um, but because it's not woke, maybe like, I don't know if they were expecting something to be woke or they're excited that there's, this is the first movie of 2021. That's not woke. <laughs> I'm like, so what it was bumped it missing up for them? Our, our hero, our he heroine of the film is a 12 year old, like introvert girl. So I don't know how that's, yeah, it's not woke. And his bed, she should have, she should have like, been a trans, you know, or black. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> There's, I there mean, is I would've, some, that would have been there, cool too, but it seems pretty woke to me that it was a yeah. young heroine. Yeah. You know, and and even podcast is a person of color. Yeah. I'm like, what else do you want? Yeah. 
<laughs> no, not woke. Low hanging fruit right there. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's why I put yeah. that one out there. But it, it, but you know, not not hang, hanging low enough to to drop it below four stars. It's still no, still, still four and a half stars. Yeah, yeah. Solid. Yeah. Still yeah. solid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, this one, like. I'll still say it. So I'll do three. So I'll still say this one. It kind of goes back into the 2016 combo, but it's kind of funny. This, this one audience person gave it 0.5 stars. They said way to kill a comedy series by admitting the comedy. This sappy drama had none of the spirit of the original, not even Slimer, all caps, four exclamation points with all the melodramatic, sad sacks callbacks. They missed the only callback that was important a Slimer cameo. I wish Hollywood would stop being afraid of internet trolls that hate everything and they have stuck with the reboot lineup at least those ladies new comedy and the source material. Oh, that is a hot take. Isn't that good? <laughs> what, what was the, the, the quote? Melodramatic sad sacks? Yeah, so they spelled mellow space dramatic sad sack callbacks yeah, that was a sad sack callbacks. That should be the next. That's hey, kind of. Are you awesome looking for new song names? Yeah, me- melodramatic sad sack callback. Yeah, jeez, that's pretty right. awesome, actually. I'm gonna write that down. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> jeez, gosh, Slimer didn't make the sappy, 2021 sappy cut. drama had none of the spirit of the original. I, I, I don't know. I feel like it really touted the original personally. J- Jason Reitman had the best explanation. He said, Slimer lives in New York. He's not yeah. there. He's a ghost of New York. Why would he? Perfect. Why is he going to Oklahoma? He lives in New York. Yeah. <laughs> that's, Ray, a, that's a Peter great Bankman, point. They live in New York. Why would they're not there? Because they're in New York. Same thing with ghosts. Yeah. Uh-huh. Agreed. Well, they teleported, but. Yeah. I guess. Hey, can you imagine how much pressure uh, Jason Reitman must have been to get this right? Like yeah. your your father's legacy is on your shoulders, and I I think he fucking I think he pulled it off. I think it was great. Yeah, which is like I said, he said he had every reason like not to do this movie. Which right, you you're only gonna mess it up, right? Most people would think he's gonna screw it up. You have so much of the yeah. fandom with people hating, especially coming out of 2016. Everybody's kind of. Like, uh, we're not going to get anything good from this franchise again, which is mm-hmm. what I was thinking. I was just like, whatever, you know, that's it. I'll still watch my original two movies and the cartoons. But but if the cartoons are anything to go by, it's that like Ghostbusters isn't just a quirky comedy, you know, like it had this ability to touch like kids, like touch children's yeah. and, and, and pique their interests. I don't know yeah. if I should be saying touch children, <laughs> um, but yeah, it like piqued the interest of kids. So I, yeah. I it, there's more to Ghostbusters than just quips and and you know Bill Murray saying funny lines. Yeah, it's Bill also Murray, the yeah. the concept. Yeah, the, exactly. There's a Ghostbusters version when it's Bill Murray steering the ship, and there can be other Ghostbusters versions where other people are steering the ship, where it's still about mm-hmm. the idea, but you're going to see different tones of it. We we we've already pretty much established what we liked and what we what we nitpicked from this movie. I think it's safe to say that we all very much enjoyed this, right? So, oh yeah. Um, if you can give let's it, rate it, let's yeah, see. let's rate it out of the four beams that they shot at the end. There's four of Ooh, them, right? Yeah, I like that. Four proton. So it's out yeah. of four proton beams. I know I, I originally did five because my mind, you know, one out of five, but we're going four. I like that. So I'll go. I'll go four. I'll go forced. 
I'll go first. I'm going to give it four out of five. That's it. Wait, you just said out of you said four. four, you four said out of oh, four. sorry. Three out of three and a half out of four. Dude, I was, then I went to I'm go give it, the paper. it 11 out of 10. Oh my God. I would give it an 11 out of 10. No, I'll give it three and a half out of four. Okay. Yeah. Because that's solid of reasons explained. I'll give it three and a half beams out of five out of four as well. Oh, and you know careful. what? Across the streams too. Ooh. Oh, does that bring it over? Is that like a six out of four? It is more powerful. But I guess it's, it's more, more dangerous. It is more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give it, it's, this is going to be weird. I'm going to give it three out of four. And the, wow. four, the four is me missing Harold Ramis, poor one, yeah. poor one out for Harold. RIP. And then just wanting a little bit more from OGs, but that's just me being an old guy who wants more from that. But three out of four is still solid. And once again, that could change. I could watch it more and yeah. fall in love with it more as I kind of pour over it the same way I would do an album or something like that. So three out of four. Just today. wait until you and your kid watch it together. Exactly. And exactly. He, when he's ready, he gets it, you know? Exactly. And he said, dad, yeah. go shop on the proton packs. You need to make a gunner seat in your Honda fit 2016 <laughs> version. <laughs> and then you will burst into tears because exactly. everything makes a dad. And then cry. I'll, and then I'll, te- I'll text <laughs> you guys and say, all right, we're at four streams, baby. Yeah, we made it. <laughs> yes. Four, four streams of tears running down my face. And John John, John will finally get it and say, yes, yeah. I'm holding my newborn. Yeah. I get it, bro. I'll be crying. Oh, God. We're watching it now. <laughs> I get it. Oh, guys, there's one thing that I uh, I, I meant to say earlier. You know, we, we talked about how great podcast was, right? The character. Oh, oh yeah. We how great was that him. line? Yeah, we barely talked about it, but how great was his line where he's like, I would have guessed they would have shown up in Orlando. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Orlando Orlando As, gets a lot of sneaky shout outs and blockbusters in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Don Hammond talks about building Jurassic Park in Orlando. This one talks about mm-hmm. Orlando and one of the Minions movies. I mean, those are big kids movies. They make a lot of money, but they talk about they're on a trip to Orlando. So yeah. A lot of sneaky yeah. shout outs and blockbusters. It's too. it's Orlando. I love hearing an Orlando shout out as three Orlando boys. I thought yeah. that we all probably got a kick out of that. It's yeah. that universal um, IP, baby. Yeah. It rules all. <laughs> Did you Sarasi? Wait, yeah. we never you never mentioned, you know, you talked about video games, the movies. You didn't mention going to Universal Studios and just sitting there at the diner waiting for them to show up. Please tell me you've been. Oh, come on. I, that's the other thing I'm missing from the from my studio room. I have pictures there next to the Lego firehouse that I built of me um, at the Universal Orlando when they had the firehouse. They used to have the I guess it was called the Ghostbusters Spooktacular where they had kind of a it was kind of like this interactive thing where Lewis Tully talked about the Ghostbusters and he would bring people up and slime them. But then they had like um, what? What? Yeah, that wasn't there. when I, I had there. no idea. Oh, for Wait, real? What? Yeah, yeah. It probably closed. I would say 98, 96. Somewhere around oh, there when uh, man. so they had that, but then they had you can look it up on YouTube, the, the show's there. And yeah. then they had kind of like the the rooftop battle scene that you kind of just watched and interacted with and kind of saw the Ghostbusters as these actors. And that then is so cool. They would drive the Ecto one around kind of where Mummy is right now, where yeah. Rip Ride Rocket, they would drive it around. So I should have had those pictures ready, but yeah. I oh was, man, maybe I was we'll there. throw some on the pod when we yeah. on the on the Instagram. Before you wrap okay. it up, before you wrap it up, before you wrap it up, there's been talk of a sequel. I know you mentioned wanted to see 
you know the the Ernie younger Hudson. like the teen advent the teen avengers ray hudson come in and sort of yeah. like do the whole thing if you could do anything with your sequel what would it be oh, what man. what are like the top things you need from this sequel i love this question I, because you know teaching video production and not like to the heights of making my own films but i would so you might get a tangent so before like um remember split came out and it was like a sneaky sequel to unbreakable my friends and i like like a spiritual sequel right well just like a sneaky one that you don't know it's a sequel until it's the end of the movie my friends have been talking about doing like that'd be a great idea like years before like imagine you're watching kind of like this this movie about this you know kind of borderline schizophrenic guy and at the end of the movie you realize it's joker kind of like they did with joaquin phoenix but right. the movie's not called joker anyways mm-hmm. kind of the segue i would love to see a ghostbusters movie that was like pure horror and not until a certain part in the second act maybe third act do you realize you're in a ghostbusters movie because it's just so scary and like the the stakes are so like exorcist like something insane like this it's so oh you scary. can you can just rebrand one of those conjuring movies and instead of like yeah. lorraine and and the other guy showing up like the yeah. ghostbusters show up in the third act <laughs> like a sneaky maybe it doesn't work maybe it's better in my head but just like an insanely scary ghostbusters movie maybe they can't do it with the kid actors but just like yeah kind of a sneaky one and maybe it wouldn't be, be awesome this one but just like an insanely scary ghostbusters movie where it's more horror than anything mm-hmm um and then you get little elements here and there but yeah like you said a lot of that james wan conjuring even in insidious they kind of have a ghostbusters feel yeah um when those, those well the thing about up. the 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 ghostbusters ip is that like you can't you can totally do that like yeah yeah the battle of new york was so big that like you can just say that the implications are that there are ghosts now everywhere everywhere, yeah. everywhere you know and you don't need to have this the, these core four characters busting ghosts yeah you can just have an unrelated fan of them like like iron man like iron lad you know just decide like oh i love iron man i'm just going to create my own iron man suit yeah you just have a kid in the middle of nowhere decide to create a proton pack and then you know just start battling some ghosts the ip is huge you can do anything yeah so yeah once again like that'd be awesome on the cartoon shows like the stakes weren't always so high sometimes they actually help the ghosts in those so it'd be cool to see like a netflix series or something like that or something where they lean a little bit more on the horror elements and that you don't realize it's like a ghostbusters thing until later on that'd be sweet <laughs> you guys I ever watch uh did you guys ever watch r.i.p.d <laughs> no but i saw it on uh, a streaming service ryan reynolds, right, right ryan reynolds and yeah yeah. And Roland? Jeff Bridges and they're like Bridges. They're Je- Jeff Bridges and they're like uh, uh, a police like police force that fights supernatural stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's an idea there. Let's make a a, a government, a federally funded <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah, in Ghostbusters, the idea is they're the government's against them. The EPA. Yeah. Walter Peck. The EPA wants to shut them down. Yeah. I met Walter, Walter Peck and I met I met Walter Peck in, in Malibu when my daughter and I went out there um and he was just hanging out because he was there for the he was there he was there at the fan fest when we were out in california and so a couple days after my my daughter and i are in malibu and we just see walter peck and i just stumble upon my words and say hey what's up man yeah what was your go-to like that was it like did you get a pick or anything homeboy homeboy was like all kind of like eddie bauer like um sure ll beaned out but has some jordans on (laughs) 
<laughs> Walter oh, Peck is Peck. in his seventies in Malibu reading a newspaper, decked out, and then with some fucking Jordans on, man. <laughs> his grandparent, his grandkid, definitely bought those for him. There's no way. <laughs> That's amazing. Or he's just got like that Seinfeld style. You know, he just wears like jeans. He, he tucks his button up into his jeans and then he's just wearing like some solid adidas <laughs> you're, you're, um, yeah you're talking about comedians and cars with coffee his wardrobe yeah. in that i'm like homeboy is like bonkers. Yeah, all kind of yeah like just uh, bonkers but then he has some like uh shocks nike shocks with the big springs on i'm like <laughs> yeah. what the hell are you doing yeah he's got like some air force ones like classic and they look pristine like he's he just he picked That's them so out of the thick. box the shocks, the heaviest shoes of all time. Like they're so thick, just hanging out of his like freaking Dillard's jeans, <laughs> lanky ass. He's doing like calf raises at them. Jose, you got to cut this. Damn. Sorry, we're just our tangent. No, this here. is staying this is in, making... brother. But this is <laughs> but all honestly, staying in. That... <laughs> but that is all we've got for you guys today on Ghostbusters Afterlife. We want to give you a huge, huge thank you. Nick Sarasti, Neon Nightclub for being here today. Resident Ghostbusters expert, man. If they make a sequel, we get it. we're going to have to bring you back on. It's obligatory. You I'll know? be ready. I will have <laughs> dreamed about the film multiple <laughs> times. We'll have to do like a, a, a podcast where we just talk yeah. about your dreams. Before. First, yeah, we'll break down we'll, your dreams. And then we'll talk. Yeah. Yeah, and Inception. we'll talk about the movie afterwards. It's a great movie. movie. <laughs> Fucking Inception. <laughs> I go a single podcast episode without thanks for, thanks for bringing it up Christopher Nolan till we genius die. no dude <laughs> overrated so Asi, is there anything you want to let the people know about where, where they can find you you got anything to plug Ghostbusters Afterlife <laughs> video on demand now go check it out hit me up to talk about it more because yeah, this has been uh this has been the pleasure of a lifetime. I've been saving up every morsel of of my thoughts about Ghostbusters as a as a property. So this has been a genuine pleasure. So just appreciate oh, pulling me in here. I'll be uh I'll be listening. If there's ever any other fringe things that I have to happen to know a little bit about. I would love to be oh, back. Oh yeah. Again. Or or, oh, or you sure. let us know if there's something specifically you want to talk about. You know, we yeah. have to, we'd love to have you on. Um Definitely check out Neon Nightclub on Spotify, Apple Music, Instagram. We'll be posting some of his stuff on on our page. Um, new theme song by Neon Nightclub. Pretty fucking sweet. Uh, if, so if you're not following us, be sure to check us out on at EARCPod on all your social platforms. And if you haven't caught our other episodes, we did talk about the 2016 Ghostbusters a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, and just to wrap it up, Jose Garcia Chow. As always, here with my friend John Wolf. Today we sided with the audience, but remember, at the end of the day, everyone's a real critic. <laughs>